Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome back to the Cowboy Stories and welcome to part two of my interview with Walt and Francie Meyer. This episode is sponsored by the Flying UW Ranch and by the Gable L Ranch. The Gable L Ranch raises purebred Angus cattle, and you can check out what they have for sale at gablelranch.com. I'm super grateful for my sponsors, and if you are interested in sponsoring a future episode, send me an email to cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. But with that being said, let's dive right into today's episode. You know, one of the things that I remember this with a lot of, to me, was a lot of fun and fun to remember is that one time I was working over repping with Ramon and Joe Reese over to Willow Springs, and that was when Mr. Simpson had just bought the place and Bill Tipton had bred up the Brangus herd and they were getting certified. The American Brangus Association guy was there and he was certifying the herd. And anyway, Mr. Simpson had all of his Canadian friends come down so that they could see the big deal. And we made our rounds and gathered all these cattle and took them down to the corral. And anyway, they were cutting out the cattle and sorting them and doing whatever was doing with them. And I was put on one gate to guard horseback. And this Canadian guy comes walking out there and this damn cow took after him. And this Mexican guy that was working at the Willow Springs saw it. Cuidado atrás means look out behind. And anyway, that guy turned around and said, Don't speak Mexican to me. And he saw that cow. <laughs> <laughs> he broke to run. And he made it right to the fence before that cow hit him. And <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> That was one of the f- funniest things on See when with all this <coughs> education stuff that he's gone through, we've hosted students out here and given them a real good taste <laughs> of life. Uh-huh. You know, because of his ties to the U of A and and especially one of the professors that's still alive and he's up in Colorado now, he became the best friend and and we're still real close. He was the one from Richfield. Okay. Anyway. What was his so name? Ogden. Uh, Phil Ogden. Okay. Anyway, you know, there's a lot of Ogdens in Richfield. <laughs> anyway, he he would say, okay, I got these two guys coming. Would you guys keep oh. them for a while? I need a break. So it was a really good experience <laughs> with the girls. And there was, 
the la those two came. And can you imagine in this little house, four girls getting ready to go to school? <laughs> and I had these two guys come down. We had them up in the upper house. Nobody was living in it, Katie's house at that time. Uh -huh. It was filled with mice. <laughs> a lot of mice. And uh, it was a mess. But they had to sleep in there. We didn't have any other place for them. Uh -huh. And then we were in the middle of Roundup. And we had no water. I mean, something had happened with the well. I think we had to pull the main well, mm -hmm. didn't we? Mm -hmm. And we had a bunch of cattle at James. Girls were going to school. I'd have I'd fix these guys a big pot of coffee and make them stay out in the front yard sitting drinking coffee while the girls were getting ready to go to school early in the mornings. Yeah. And anyway, they had we got out of water. The well went out. All these things happening at one time, which is, you, you just put up, you just cope with it somehow. And here are these two guys, one from Australia and one from England. They were cousins, but um, one was a little older. The guy from England was actually a dairy farmer, but he was over here learning. And his 18-year-old <laughs> cousin from Australia. And to, uh, to them, our place, they couldn't get over how we would put so much effort into saving one animal. Because he said, they had so many over there. One animal gets sick, they just, Gosh. you didn't think about it hardly, mm -hmm. you know. But anyway, we had a lot of fun hosting those guys. And we had them work with us up at Patsy Hayden's. And that was when her cattle were pretty raunchy. <laughs> but anyway, the girls, it, the water situation was so bad that we had to, ha the girls had to go over to one of our wells over in corrals to take a cold shower. I mean, they didn't have the water in the house to get ready for school. Anyway, this one time we were over cutting cows at Patsy's house, and this big old cow with long horns, and this kid, the dairy farmer guy, he was pretty aware, <laughs> but this kid, you just couldn't make him pay attention. And he, had a, he had a spot he was supposed to guard. And he'd be looking at his feet, scuffing his feet. Pretty soon they turned this one old cow mm -hmm. out. She took to him, and by the time he realized it, he turned to run, and he had his hat fat <laughs> He took a dive at a fence post, ripped his shirt. <laughs> she didn't get him. She didn't. You know, he paid a little better attention. That post going like that. post was none too steady. very good. He was... Uh, that was Jamie. Uh, that was um, Jamie. No, was, Jamie was another Jeff, one. Jeff and, and Jeffrey and uh, whatever. Andrew. 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 We had another boy from. Jamie was the first guy from Australia. Mm -hmm. He was the one that went. Road Lisa. He was on the road Lisa that Nikki had the crush on. Yeah. <laughs> so we've done that kind of thing, you know, and we've had. Uh, well, that's been all, we used all to have good a, for the girls, you know. It added to the pressures of what you were doing. What was it, the eighth grade? Third grade or eighth grade? Dad. When we had the field days. Fifth yeah, grade. we did that. It was sixth grade. Fifth, fifth, fifth grade. Sixth grade. You had that out here? Yeah. We had them like for eight or ten years, didn't we, guys? Yeah. Anyway, what we made the kids do everything. You know, brand, earmark, castrate, and the boys would take the testicles and keep them in well, the, ball sacks. the ball sacks we made them eat the testicles anyway one of the boys took a bunch of testicles home and put them in a drawer and his mother cleaned his sock drawer <laughs> oh no 
No, we started when our daughter was fifth grade, I think. And Mrs. Haslack's class. Our oldest daughter, Lila. I grew up with her. Yes, Mrs. Haslack. That's what I said. I grew up with her and her family. And she said to me one time, why don't you let me bring my class out? And we thought, got to think, he was chairman of our district, our local conservation district. And, and we thought, you know, this could be a really good learning experience for kids. If they, and, and we had so many contacts with the agencies, people that were our friends and the university. We thought, well, we'll put together a really good learning day and top it off and let the kids brand. Because we have these nice gentle Hereford cats, yeah. see? Anyway, so in the, every spring for eight or ten years, we did this with the fifth grade classes in Kearney. That's kind of cool. And the kids just lapped it up. And we had state land. We had the professors from the U of A. We had game and fish. We had NRCS. All the, We put the kids through learning stations. And they learned about soils. They, they uh, mounted plants. They did... They learned about brands and why do we brand and all that kind of stuff. And then they got to rope. We had a big picnic. And then they actually got to rope and and flank and brand calves. And so they just loved it. Yeah. They loved it. And kids nowadays said it, even now that are her age, her age, you know, they, they say, I will never forget that. That's cool. So, But they had the principal of the the, the grade school resigned or retired we got a new principal so he wasn't interested in doing it now the schools you know they can't afford the bus and they can't afford the liability and they can't (coughs) do this and they can't do that you know even with waivers or anything they're not allowed i don't imagine some kid get trampled and break his back or something that wouldn't that's true we've got lots of movies that were taken you know videos that were taken of those Mm mm-hmm and it's fun to watch them, those kids. We made them do everything. Except I don't think we let them vaccinate, did we? Or and we didn't let the them knife. use the knife, yeah. And our calves are gentle little old Hereford calves, you know. Yeah. But the, somebody could have got kicked or... Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Nobody got hurt. One little got it. We have a cute video, one girl trying to uh, flank a calf. And it's a little little bull, and it's peeing. She's <laughs> got these nice white tennis shoes. On. <laughs> flank him, flank him. Wait till he's finished. Oh, thank you. So cute. I thought that was so cute. That's adorable. And then Patsy was there. Patsy, this old, wrinkled up. We'll show you her picture right up there. She's Patsy Aiden was would help us all the time. Uh-huh. She'd oversee the fire. Yeah, please, Sarah. She would uh, oversee the fire. Don't let the spur down. Anyway, and she disciplined the kids. Lift up a little, Sarah. She it's probably got dust all over it. Anyway, wipe the dust off, this please. This one kid, one yeah, kid was know what dirt is. walking around behind an old cow, and Cat Patsy kept telling him, "You better get out from behind that cow." Anyway, he just he wouldn't mind, and she finally said to him. You better get out behind that cow. She's going to kick you and then shit all over you. <laughs> That's what she told me. That's a wonder. Nowadays, some kid would probably think that was... That's was, my cousin. Oh, I'm sorry. It's got goofer feathers on it. Oh, no need to apologize. I'm good. <laughs> but anyway. She that was, was our character. That lady. The girls can tell you stories about...
legit. The girls can you tell you stories. <laughs> girls can tell you stories about going up there. They'd ride horseback up to Patsy's and pull wagons and. Oh, that was a mistake. Get in trouble. Tried to pull a red one of those radio flyers behind one of my horses. He took out a gate, took off. <laughs> We've been in so much trouble. We'll put it up later, Sarah. She was scary when she's mad. And, yeah, and, but the worst thing she no, did was put it in the corner. Put, yeah, she put us in the corner. Oh, we really? had to rebuild the gate. So. And then uh, they learned to drive with Patsy mm-hmm. in that old green Dodge truck. And we still have her old green Dodge truck that the girls. Got to get the radiator fixed for it. The, uh, well, we're sure not giving you a very good stories no these are awesome <laughs> this is fun thank you guys. well we it's been fun for us too but this place is one that I, I can't get over it and I, it's always been like this nothing leaves this place i mean ultimate hoarder. she saw it when she drove ultimate in. Hoarder. Oh, <laughs> nothing does i mean old cars Twine. You, you you use them <laughs> until they quit on you, and then kick it in the ass, and they go another ten years. You know what I mean? Well, we're still hauling water in that old '67 Chevy. So. Everything gets so used. It's like yesterday. Kate had to have a clamp for a three-quarter inch pipe to weld to a tank. So we dug around, found this piece of scrap metal, made a clamp. So I guess she got it. Knows where that came we have from. we have stacks of metal. We've been hoarders and we've been scavengers. And if any of us sit, find a piece of metal laying by the side of the road, it comes home with us. Well, that's well. I went out of here in labor with our first daughter, first baby. Oh no, that sounds like a good story. In his old '66 Chevy. '66. 65. Our first kid. So you know you're a little nervous when you're having your first baby. And I had it in Tucson, of course. We go to Tucson for all our medical stuff. Well, I was in labor. We got out on the dirt road, and we were sailing along, and all of a sudden he throws his foot on the brake. He'd seen a piece of metal in the road that he had to get picked up and take home. (laughs) But that's how we've made it, though, is building things yourself, doing your mechanics yourself, and Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's... Knowing how to do things. What did we do? Pay for Nikki with a beef? Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of lots of accumulation of junk and <laughs> using that junk. <laughs> but there's a lot of treasures, too. Yeah. Well, this old house was built in 1909. That's cool. And we still live in it, so... I feel like some people who might end up listening to some of these podcasts might listen to them and like have people like listen to people tell stories about the hard times and oh this was so hard this was rough like this was a rough year so I think in their mind they're going to be wondering why why you do it in the first place because it's fun yeah (laughs) I don't know because you take pleasure in so many little things you know, there's so many little things that, I don't know, we've always loved the way the sun comes, the sun hits the peak in the evening. and, and It's satisfying. I like, personally, I like, you know, starting a project and then seeing it, like, she's doing most of it, but the pipeline and getting that accomplished and how it makes you feel, you know, makes you feel good. Yeah. You get cool battle scars. Yeah. <laughs> 
that. <laughs> well, it's like she bought a, a bunch of plastic pipe. Now she's into welding plastic pipe together. I'd Sat never for three years, no, four years, five years, six or seven years. <laughs> <laughs> now finally, to, to the other rules up there. <laughs> but that's just each step. There's a, a advancement. In, yeah, we're not going to be hauling water there anymore. That's the but there's a gratification <laughs> that, in, that makes you feel good. Yeah, you it's gratifying. Yeah, yeah I guess what she's saying is something. When you meet a challenge, it's so gratifying whenever you get through it. Accomplish a goal. And, and Even if it's digging a post <coughs> hole. You know, and, and putting up a little he in, partic- he in particular, yeah. and the girls have inherited this from him. He's aggravated the hell out of me so many times, you can imagine. We inherited because, aggravation. Yeah, because <laughs> he was such a perfectionist in a lot of things, like... You didn't, you know, we had to dig our post holes 32 inches deep. You had to measure it. Didn't matter if it, and he's got a crowbar up there that weighs 50 pounds. <laughs> and there were many, many years, that's all we had was that crowbar. Even though it's hard, when you can sit back and look at it and think how it's going to function and function well for you for a long time. We always sit back and look at what we've done. Mm-hmm. Well, we still that, do. I say we still do, and it's just, and the girls have learned that. The girl, the grandchildren are learning that, and I think it really helps them. No matter what they're going to do in their life, it's going to learn. They learn that their effort is what's going to make them successful. So seeing your new, I like that baby calves born. Yeah, the little kid roping them and learning the fruits of your labor. Yeah. Yeah, brother's sitting on a baby calf holding its tail while he's getting branded. He cutie's baby yesterday. I got it! Did he? Yes. Her sister's up here. Mm-hmm. She she just like these girls know the cows like you could never believe. Yeah. And these two are getting where they know them, too. They learn so much. They don't know they're learning. That mm-hmm. When you're pulling a well and how to handle a pipe wrench and all that stuff. We do all that ourselves, too. We pull all our own wells. You know, well, it's like all that stuff, but they don't realize when they're growing up that they're learning, but they are, and they learn cause and effect, and what they do matters. Yeah, you know, it's like I said earlier is that when I was a kid, you didn't walk in the corral unless you were right next to the fence because you knew you're going to get charged. Hayden Ranch was that way for a lot of years, and then finally, in the in years, that photo you saw of Patsy sitting in the corner there, her cattle would come in and out with her sitting there or sitting on the end of the water trough and she could pet them. That's quite a change for Patsy. Yeah, from when she seen the improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's to me, gratifying. I think that's gratifying. That's grat- gratifying. Yeah. You know, all that, there's lots of gratification that goes with it. So I'm sure you found that out. Yeah. And all of the gratification seems to, I don't know, like that's why you do it. That's why it's worth it. So even when you do come up on those trials like this <coughs> drought and everything else, pull even, it. yeah, that's, that's we'll figure you it can out. pull through, you can feel gratified that you pulled through that. Mm-hmm. And that's just like with everything else that you encounter here. Well, well. obviously you feel the same thing <laughs> because you moved back home yep. and you got your little daughter Doing the same thing, even if she is a year and a half, <laughs> yeah, she's going to get to learn the same thing. Yeah, so it's worth it. 
it's worth but it's it. It's not for everybody. Maybe it's, it's maybe, not for everybody. Maybe there are hard times all of the time, but you don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody, though. Ha- have we told her any cowboy stories yet? <laughs> I said we haven't told her very many cowboy stories. Choice well, those those two guys, Joe Reese and, and Ramon Arles, were top hands in my book. Yeah. How do you define a top hand? That's another question. Somebody that ask. can throw a damn rieta, braided rieta, rawhide rieta, a 60 or 70 foot rieta, and catch it on the first throw and never even blink an eye or stick his tongue out. Well, these, these two guys are, 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 Joe used to work on the ranch, this, Chris's place there. And anyway, he, had, he was trying to break a horse named Camel. And Ramon and I went over to visit him, and he was bitching about it. And Ramon says, well, you're just, Joe, Joe you're not much of a cowboy. You just need to ride. He says, well, God damn it, let's both of us ride him. So they both got on that damn horse riding him double, and they both got thrown off. <laughs> and I thought that was... And for to, to me, they were the top... They were top hands. They were top cowboys. They, Joe Reese was... Anybody that could rope an animal a mile away from a water hole and lead it a mile without tying it down or dragging it, just... They were... They knew how to handle cattle, and they they were good... They knew how to work. Did they do fence work and all anything it took? Joe Reese, Joe Reese would go down when he was working for Willow Springs. He'd go down and check all of the fences in Putman Wash, go to the river, fix that fence, come back up. And if we didn't have our fences fixed between them and us and the Haydens and us, he would fix them and go on by, or he'd stop and help you fix them. He's the one that got caught in flood. Yes. See, those, when really bad summer rains, we get real gully washers. Mm-hmm. We had one here that we had 32 fences out Wow! in the washes, and it took quite a while to get them put back. And we don't have very many neighbors that help. We have one set of neighbors that help good. Joe and Jolene, they're, they're always, we try to beat them to the fence every time. We try, it's hard. But anyway, it, it just... But... To me, those guys, they don't make them like them anymore. They could do anything. They could, like I said, they could look at a calf a mile away and say, that's got screw worms. Let's go get it. I always got paired up with them, so I, to me, they were my heroes. Yeah. Well, it was Jesus that drug you and Emily in the way. Oh, right? yeah, that and guy. And he said the horse would buck. He was the kind that you would see he, at a road. I never saw Jesus get thrown off. He'd throw his hat like this and go, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> he said it was unbelievable how they knew how to ride a horse. And He'd go down this wash just a bucket. My dad had a horse that he called Bazir. Bazir. He was a paint, right? Yeah, and anyway, that's, he was the dumbest goddamn horse that ever was. <laughs> My dad was a good cowboy, but he tied hard and fast. Like I said, whenever I rode behind him and he roped something, it sure slapped you in the butt whenever he, the animal hit the end of the rope. You didn't like, like to be on with him. But my dad was older, uh, older man when I was a kid, but he sure as hell 
he was a different type of person. Like, when I was in high school, Emily and I were, my sister and I were in band. We'd go to the fair and band day. And anyway, Walter would have to go, Frank DeGrasha was Ted DeGrasha's brother. Frank would have Walter to go. He was and, their band director at school. And anyway, okay. all the girls wanted to ride with Walter. I don't know why, but <laughs> he'd ride, drive down the road smoking his old cigar or pipe. Smoke going out the window on those girls. I have to tell us a story about Frank and the band in high school. Is that mm -hmm. we went to Tucson Band Field Day, and we needed a tuba player. Well, my next door neighbor in Florence was Jake Aguilar, older man. Older man. So Jake could play the tuba. So Frank got Jake to. Play the tuba. So we went down to band day and we were getting... You know what those are, don't you? Where the, all the high school bands would compete go, at the yeah. university. Mm -hmm. yeah. And anyway, we were getting instructed by all these little guys, TAs or whatever the hell they were. We were told where to walk, walk and stuff. And This one little TA walked up to Jake and says, You're kind of old to be in high school, aren't you? And Jake says, Hell no, I'm going back to study to be a nuclear physicist. <laughs> 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 his dad would not send his kids across the San Pedro River to go to school down here. He didn't want to cope with it, so they bought a home in Florence, and the kids yes, would stay down here and go to school oh, okay. during the week. But anyway, that so they got the advantage of being able to be in a neat little town. Florence was a real neat town when they went to school there. So, yeah. and that's how he got to be involved in 4-H and FFA and all that stuff was mm -hmm. an advantage to him. But they came home every weekend and worked. And to earn money, I got to chop cotton and pick cotton. So I got to deal with a lot of different people. Yeah. It's all those adventures you have in life that form you as a person, I think. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Uh -huh. But that teaches you a lot, too. When you look back on on your life and your time spent here, is there any particular memory that stands out to you? Getting married. Good or bad? Good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank God. I don't know. There's run across a lot of different experiences, a lot of different things that you think about as you get older. You know, I just, uh, she's got me writing my thoughts down in a, on on a book or whatever you well, want to call it. we have a tradition in our marriage. And it didn't matter if the kids were getting up and going to school or if we had to be at a... See, I went to school with him at the U of A after we got married until I started having kids. So we'd have, to, we'd, have, we'd have a 740 class. So that meant we had to get to the U of A in plenty of time. So we were up early. We, but didn't matter what time, we sit here in the dark and we talk and have our coffee. So he'd tell me the stories, things that went on. I said, you need to start writing this stuff down so your kids know, understand. So many pertain to different places on the ranch, and they need to know the history of these places. So he's gotten started doing that, and he's got like 400 pages written. That's cool. It's not organized or anything, but I think it's great. You know, he's mm -hmm. writing, and he's enjoyed it because if he wants to describe like an old-time pump or something, he hunts it up on the internet, 
and he'll get a picture of it and put it with a pic with with the or if he has a photo of something that would go with that story, he puts it with it. So it'll, it's it's cool. going to be quite a neat conglomeration of stories, you know. By the time he gets done with it, if he ever, I don't think he'll ever get done. Yeah. So the to answer your question, there's a lot of them that I've, but every time I turn around, I think of a new one. It's just one of those things. Yeah. And you can't hardly help it because everything is still here. Mm -hmm. The tools his grandfather <laughs> had, you know. Now the old work. We still have and use. The old shop that my dad used for the shop, my, it, it finally deteriorated and fell down and Kate cleaned it up. And going through the stuff, I found where they, for drill bits for jackhammer drill bits there's cool. a knob that fits on them where it holds it that holds a jackhammer in place well there's she had found a half of a clamp that fits on it to mold that ring on there and those those little treasures you know that doesn't mean a hell of a lot to anybody but it does to me mm-hmm and it's like a little hook that Walter built for a gate or a know, what? A little hook or something that he forged or yeah, my dad, a hinge or my dad would go down to the our garage in Florence or Winkleman or someplace where they had co broken car springs, and he'd get those car springs and build hinges out of them. He, or this that would show up on the ranch you find all goes back to a story. Stuff like that. Oh, cool. That's there's a number of those up on Horse Hill up this there someplace. Horse Hill up here, this hill right up and here. My dad made that to stake out horses yeah, with the forge, and cool. they would stake their horses out to feed. Tell them why they would stake them on top of a hill. Because of the grass. Well, well not his, just that. His dad welded up everybody's still in the country during Prohibition. Okay. He was really good at soldering up. Copper tubing and all that stuff. <laughs> uh -huh. So he would mend everybody still. And I guess he had a special little mare that would always nicker whenever she saw somebody. <laughs> so he would ride her when he went over to weld on somebody's still. That's awesome. And, he, and she would warn him if something was coming. <laughs> but those, but those are the little treasures that I find, or, that all of us find around this place that Pick it up and throw it on the porch. Like the well, you got all your heritage. Yeah. You got your heritage here, you know. Mm -hmm. So many people worked hard to live here and be here, and and it's still going on. So, yeah. and, you, and we have. I guess what's great is I came from a family who ranched, and they lost it. They didn't lose it per se, but they had to sell out, and it was a beloved place. But I feel so good because we have hope for the future. I feel really optimistic. If if politics will leave us alone and government will leave us alone, we'll be fine. We have a next generation coming on and one after that, and we we have options. Mm -hmm. So I feel really good about the future, you know. And I grew up worrying about it. Our ranch over there, and I find family finally had to sell out, and it was a it was crushing to us for that to happen. Yeah. Here, you know, I as long as we can live through it, the girls can do whatever they want. But yeah. I feel optimistic about it. So yes. that's a really good feeling. 
You asked earlier about one of the most gratifying things to me. And one of the most gratifying things that I think that Francie and I have been able to do is to get these places to our kids without having them lose it before with inheritance tax. So it's we're, they're safe now the way it's set up. So they don't have to pay inheritance tax on it. And that's... Well, it belongs to them. It belongs to them. Yeah. So that... That's one of the most gratifying things to me is to get that done, taken care of while we're still alive. Otherwise, it's hard to do. It was hard to do. It took us two years to get it done. So, what would your advice be to the next generation? Like, not just not just your girls and their girls, but everybody involved in ranching. What would your advice be to that coming generation? I would, my advice is to all the old farts that are ranchers or own farms or whatever, get it to the kids for the kids to be interested in it instead of the kids just wanting the dollars and leave it. So many ranches nowadays and farms and stuff, the kids don't want a damn thing to do with it. You should have included those kids with what you're doing to begin with so that they had ownership in it. That's, that's the way I feel about it. Yeah. If you don't, if the kids don't have ownership, it's funny because she has ownership in that old place over there. Her sister is like my sister. She has a pseudo ownership in it. The son didn't over there doesn't have much interest at all in it. See, that's. I just don't want that kind of heartache. But our girls are gonna. We understand. You know, they're the major partners on these ranches. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the the big go-to now. And we're minor anymore. But, um, of course, we have our input. But whatever they decide they're going to do, if they work hard. They work hard. And they deserve to be able to make decisions and for whatever they want. That's mm-hmm. how I look at it. And if they decide they want to stay here and work for it, then... And if their kids want to work for it, if they prioritize in their own minds that they're willing to sacrifice, because that's what it is, it's a sacrifice. <laughs> well, anyway, that's, that's what I think. I, Adults should have the ki- engage the kids to, in ownership so that they don't just decide to sell out. It's too tough, okay. too hard. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. Have you had too many things that were too tough or too hard? Not here, in general public, yes, as being a girl that can do things, you know. Anyways, that's, I think it's pretty common for girls like us, though, having a tough time of it. Well, my hat's off to the both of these girls. They can wire weld, and I can't. I'm strictly stick weld. <laughs> Just, I guess the best advice is if, you, if you're a young person and you decide, if you grow up like this, they're fully aware of what all the challenges are going to be. Um, just expose yourself, to learn all you can, make up your mind if you wanted to stick with it and you're willing to sacrifice. If you do, don't be afraid. Do it. Yeah. Hang in there. Figure it out. But marry somebody that will help you. Yeah. <laughs> that you'll be together on things. And That will know. come home and see you welding on a... <laughs> <laughs> Take the shit for it. <laughs> 
Yeah. I told you. I think there's been a lot of ranch people. I've known a few who the the women didn't get as involved. I think in a lot of places they do. The women are an integral part. Mm -hmm. But there are also some of those old-fashioned farts that think a woman doesn't belong in the corral. That's and that's really <laughs> something that's overjoyed us in the past because <laughs> our girls got in corral by God and they would tell about the flip flops. And yeah, the we had a yeah. the girls. In fact, we always we had a neighbor over here who didn't believe the girls belonged in a woman, women don't belong. A woman belonged in the corral. We had a really mean Nasty. cow and calf over at our south end, and. She was the kind I walked up one time and she was in the corral. I didn't have guts enough to shut the gate on her. She'd come out of that. <laughs> I went out you? over oh, the gosh. fence through a mesquite tree because I was afraid of her. I was just afraid of her. She's bad, man. You didn't have to do a thing to piss her off to show up. She was already. <laughs> yeah, that's what she was like. <laughs> well, one time it was Katie and Nikki, the youngest, went over to check. The f over there, I oh yeah, I think We're you hauled some cows hauled back a home. couple of cows back over there to Whitehead, and they had shorts and flip flops on. They didn't tail. show up. They didn't show up, and they didn't show up. And pretty soon they showed up, and they had caught that cow in the corral, managed to load her with their flip flops and shorts. And the I guess cow. they shoved her in with a bunch of our cattle, mm -hmm. loaded her, tied her in with baling twine. <laughs> And brought her home, her and her cat. That's awesome. With her horns tied up to the <laughs> With twine. I took a picture. It was That's awesome. In a big truck. We didn't have trailers at that time. We uh -huh. had a livestock truck. So, the neighbor who did not think women belonged in the corral, well, mom and dad sent them to deliver that cow home. In flip-flops and shorts. And That's awesome. And then you, then you can tell what happened then. Oh, they told us to come dump it somewhere and they saw that cow tied to the rack and they said, no, go to the house, go to the house. So um, we took it to the house, backed up to the chute and the guys were down the lane. We kept saying, really bad, really bad. <laughs> These are Mexican guys. Anyways, um, so here's one guy opened the gate and walked, started walking down the alley and one guy hollered, go! And I took my pocket knife and ripped that off. That cow took after that guy. Run him over the fence. She, I think she jumped out. <laughs> So, that stupid girl. I thought that was girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a little while to saw that twine uh, loose, but she's she still was really she's running with twine around her head. <laughs> <laughs> One time we were working at that trail that they caught that cow in. And anyway, we loaded the bobtail up with cattle to go to James, I guess it was, wasn't it? Anyway, there was a guy named Baker, Jim... Um, Jim Baker. Jim Johnny. Ba Johnny Baker was there. He's an older guy. And I told Nikki. Nikki was a uh, hell. I don't know. She's she, 13. Younger than I, don't yeah. I think she was 13. I said, Nikki, take that bobtail and unload it at James. And Johnny, you want to go with her? Oh, I'll go with her. And open the gate. And anyway, so he went with her and he said he was just scared as hell by the time. Because he knew that James Hill, there was a, there's a real steep, steep hill. hill. Uh-huh. And he says, I didn't know what was going to happen whenever I, she got to that steep hill. Was, I was really scared because I didn't want her to ride the brakes all the way down it. And he says, as soon as she got to the top of it and shifted into low gear, I knew that she was trained right. <laughs>
<laughs> I guess my thought while ago was that if if you want to hand your place down, don't be such an old grouch that you don't. You need to involve all your family. It needs to be a family project. Relinquish and, some stuff. <laughs> yeah, don't be afraid to relinquish a little. You know, involve them so they know the whole ropes by the yeah. time they make their decision of whether they're going to. If they want to ride a black mare bronc down a hill in a choya patch, yeah. let them do it. <laughs> yeah, and have your sister pull the half, stickers out your boat. She only halfway. <laughs> halfway. <laughs> God, that old mare went to bucking down on for a long amount that time when I was with her. That's petrified me. She's had a choice picked out of her. Telling you, I was afraid she'd butt Katie off in those rocks and kill her, you know. But she even rode her that time. That was funny. Not the time. That was not funny. Whitehead it was. Don't she come didn't over the mountain. Well, I'm pulling cactus out of Katie's ass. <laughs> my dad. She did that twice to me in the Toyas. Gosh. She was a good horse, though, otherwise. Sure was smart she and was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Spooky. We've got plenty of horses now. Oh, yeah. We were given that horse and a couple of other horses, and we had to go up above Mammoth to pick them up. So we went up one evening and started back down in the bobtail, and <laughs> damn truck stopped before we got to the other vibe. It just quit running. So we were out farting around with it, and the highway patrolman showed up. Uh, oh, Jesus, we're going to get a ticket. He just drove along behind he us with his... us. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, this has sure been a little bit of a... Wandering around. No, that's, that's okay. One question that I do like to ask is, what's the funnest thing you've ever roped? <laughs> With Comanche around the... Yeah, I guess that would be the, one of the funnest things. Was it fun or was it... <laughs> it was kind of exciting. It was fun after the fact. Comanche was Francie's horse, and we were just breaking him. He wasn't much. And anyway, Louis Martinez was working for Patsy at that time, and... Louis says, I'm not going to rope that big steer. Anyway, so we went up where the steer was running, and I got after him, and I wasn't going to rope the damn thing. And, and Comanche was just a basic... I'd never roped anything on Comanche green. before in my life. And anyway, so Louis said, rope it, rope it, rope it. So I thought, well, hell, let's just rope it. So I roped the damn steer, and we went sailing down through the brush, Steer went on one side of the big mesquite, and I went on the other side, and we met on... So that was kind of fun. <laughs> I think the cow with the streamer in her ears. Huh? The cow with the streamers in her ears. Yeah, I think that was probably... Probably the, the last one you roped, though, on the three-year-old filly with... Fun. Mm-hmm. When you were 78. <laughs> I don't know which one was fun. There, there was a lot of fun ones. I think the one with the banners was fun. <laughs> Another one that I thought was fun, I was riding an old Appaloosa horse that was just raw broke. We had two cows, and I roped this old cow, and Francie was after the other one. I says, Roper, Roper. Oh, for Christ's sake. She was going uphill, gaining on the goddamn cow. The cow got over the top of the hill, and away she went. I was riding Comanche. He was riding Apache. This Appaloosa stud that was the meanest. He would buck, man. He would buck. And we were after this crazy cow we had over there. Finally got her going. Two cows. Anyway, 
He roped on that mean horse that had never had anything done on it at all. He roped that one cow, got her down in the ditch, and he's screaming at me to rope the other cow, rope her, rope her. I was pregnant, running. You know, I don't know how many months. That didn't stop you from throwing a rope. I said I am not going to rope this cow on Comanche. I was riding Comanche, but he handled that cow. We loaded her in a. Trailer. On that old mean stud, I wouldn't have trusted him for nothing. He uh-huh. bucked him off numerous times. But no way was I, I just, I'm not much of a cowboy when I wouldn't rope that cow. <laughs> I don't care. You're pregnant. I yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Remember that one you, you and Sarah roped at lambing camp? Yeah. I didn't <laughs> Got mauled by her in the tree. The one that you didn't, that tried to get loaded. Yeah, yeah, the, the rope broke. The rope broke. He hears, ding! There's a cow right on it. It's just like, oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> so much for that. I guess you were riding Comanche when you roped that cow at Whitehead. Yeah, I think so. Uh huh. The one that broke. Yeah, the rope. and he roped her and he was trying to lead her, not lead her, drag her into the corral. And a cow like that will see a post. And go right to it. And the tension on that rope, and she hit that with her head. Oh. And that rope popped and broke and came back and hit him in the butt and made the perfect imprint of that rope on with a, you know, the bloody bruise yeah. on his butt. Oh. He was able to build himself a new Hondo and went back and got it. <laughs> that's pretty cowboy. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. But I, I couldn't get over the imprint on his butt. I remember it. <laughs> well, to me, pretty impressive. It was. It was unbelievable. It was a perfect like you'd painted on the coils of the rope in a kink, you know, Gosh. where it hit him on the butt. To me, there's a lot of fond memories of different things when, particularly when we wrapped. Oh, when when the girls were little, see, we didn't have babysitters. Uh-huh. Those kids went with us, even if they were little. You okay? And we had some cows of ours on this neighbor over here mm-hmm. and it was always notorious for they would never bring our cattle home and it took me a long time to understand uh-huh. how to work those because when I grew up working cattle our cattle were easy to handle and you could drive them you could turn them those cattle you couldn't turn you know and he had to yell at me a lot of times and say stay on your ass <laughs> it took a lot, lot of learning, and I, I still am not very good at running wild stuff. But anyway, so we had to get some of those cattle off, and the only way you could do it was to sneak over there, because you wouldn't get them back if you didn't do mm-hmm. them yourself. You would, would appear at the tank, and they would take off like a covey of quail, <laughs> and they would. There's a series of canyons over there. And they would go off up one canyon, hit the fence line, go over the top, go down the next canyon, go turn back up, go up the next canyon, go over the top. Gosh. They'd run and run and run and run. So you just let them run. And, and you just get up on a high point and watch them. Well, we had a bunch over there, and, the, and there's a, a tank on our side, not too far from the. So we were working on that tank too at the same time and we'd have we'd drop the girls off the tank and let them play while he and I rode over there and worked, tried to get those cattle through and they would have a lot of fun playing while we would because we just didn't have a babysitter for it yeah 
Yeah. They made things for their uncle. Yeah, we fought. <laughs> we played. We played. You guys fought and I played. <laughs> well, one of the things I remember about over there, we had a cow we had finally loaded in the trailer, and I used to smoke. <laughs> that was a bull. That was Piggy. And anyway, uh, Kate, so we're Kate was a baby. headed home, had to go back to the trailer and get the trailer and stuff. Anyway, we're going to get home, and I was looking for my pack of cigarettes, and Kate said she ate it. Kate ate it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember doing it, too. I remember exactly where. We were I remember it, too. Kate's cigarette did <laughs> Because you could blow on the carton and make a noise. <laughs> and, and I was and like, oh shit, it. I ate a cigarette. So I switched up behind the seat. <laughs> I had to have been like three. Yeah, you weren't very old. I remember it vividly. And then right down below there, we had a cow roped way up on the hill. And finally got her lead, led down to the wash. And Ooh, it was about back dark. To, it was about dark. Back the trailer up to a bank. And anyway, we are going to load this cow and... I saw her Fratsy jumping around over there on the sand wash. She stomped a damn rattlesnake to death. That was a snake Gosh. under my feet. It wasn't funny. <laughs> I thought it was awful funny. Well, it's funny. It was dark. <laughs> oh, my. That, that snake thought it was awful funny. <laughs> a lot of memories there. Little things like that, you know. It's fun to recall. One question that I do have, too, is how... I'm from Utah. It's cool up there. You come down here and it's so hot. How do you survive without an air conditioner? Or do you have an air conditioner? Swamp coolers. coolers. Swamp coolers. So you, do you don't notice early it. Early in the morning and late at night. Just head out early in the morning and spend the day out and you just don't pay much attention to it. Well, there's been a lot of times we didn't have a cooler. <coughs> so to us, the cooler is luxury. Yeah. Now, you tell me that Utah doesn't get hot. It gets hot. It gets, it gets very hot. hot. I know that. <laughs> Not as hot as where we are doesn't get as hot as right here, though. We've slept outside a lot. And really? when the girls were growing up, they slept outside every summer. Kind of quit doing it because really? we had yeah, we so much rabies with, rabies with foxes. So that makes you a little spooked. Yeah. A couple summers ago, we had six foxes right here at the houses. Really? That we shot and had them take animals. All of them were rabid. That's this crazy. last winter we had skunks. Oh yeah, skunks have been our bane. Just a random question, and I'm not asking this just because I know one of your neighbors, but how well do you get along with your neighbors? It's a, it's, in this country, it's a huge relief, actually. Yeah. To have good neighbors. Have good you don't have to worry neighbor. about any of Well, if we get a cow over there, we know we'll get it back, vice mm. versa. Well, he'll bring a big, while, big maverick heifer home and know it's ours. And I appreciate that. You know, the other neighbors, they don't... No, they just include it with their own. It's just... And the way it is. Do yeah. fence work. We He's done more fence work between us than we have. We can't keep up with him. We, we busy with well, it. We're so busy trying to fortify ourselves against the other neighbors. Yeah, it's just... you, you prioritize, you know. Mm -hmm. You got to work on the ones that are worse. So poor Joe and Jolene, they get more down this way because we trust them more. Yeah, yeah. The fences that are being built now between this one neighbor we put the posts are all 16 and a half a rod apart and they have five staves tied in between them 
1,680 wow. staves a mile, 320 And we cut all the staves ourselves. And, you know, we, we can like drive down that. Gosh. When we see that fence, it looks like a wall, and we're very proud of it. You know, that's the end product. Yeah, that's an everlasting job around here. All these fences were put in in between 40 and 46. 52, I guess. Some of them were 19. Yeah. 199. Chris is 19. What? Nine? Nine. Gosh. That's yeah, old. we were we rebuilt between us and Willow Springs our big weaning pasture over there, and that fence is like from 1920. <laughs> Jimenez, what was his name? Doesn't matter. Anyway, they they were the three town winos, and one of them would work and get enough like money to buy a bottle. <laughs> and then they fought to get to see who got to eat drink out of the bottle. <laughs> but Arnold was one of these kind of guys that take, could take a 60-foot rope and rope and catch every time. I don't know where Arnold learned that, but... You wouldn't think of that from an old guy. Those are the f my fun memories of those kind of things, is working with those guys. A lot of them couldn't speak English. Very good. And a lot of them were happy to live the most primitive way, and then they'd go to town and get on a binge and come back and yeah. be loyal cowboys. And Tell them about when it was Cotton Evans and tried to blow up the kitchen. Oh, Cotton Evans was a guy out of Uvalde, Texas that was a friend of my dad for a lot of years. And anyway, when I was going to school after my dad died, we Cotton was working here. And we had a big snowstorm. It was a Christmas right after my dad died. And anyway, Cotton drove to the river and called my mom up and says, Little boss, I pissed the parade again. I blew up the kitchen. And anyway, he had turned the oven on and didn't light it. And then oh, no. after a while, thought about it and lit it. And it <laughs> blew it. But that was little. There was a frying pan in the oven. Oh, boy. I guess it blew it out, hit him in the head. <laughs> blew all of the windows out in there. He had to go to the lumber yard and get new windows and put in. But little boss, I pissed the bray again. That was his. But he was. My sister drew a picture. We had a, a mean bull, R.O. bull, over to Whitehead. My sister drew a picture of Ramon and uh, uh, Cotton. I think Cotton headed the bull and Ramon healed it. And that bull, it was an R.O. bull. He had just come get you just for the fun of it. And anyway, my sister painted a, drew a picture. It's up to Kate's house. On it. She said that whoever healed it just happened to throw his rope back and it was figure-eighted and it caught both feet somehow figure-eighted like that. And mm -hmm. it flipped him, up flipped him upside down. Is that what that picture is? Mm -hmm. Mm hmm By the TV? But those were the kind of guys that I grew up with. But it's been a trial. I'll tell you, it's been a lot of hard work, especially on the Patsy's Place. The cattle here, ever since I've been married to them, have been easy to work. They're nice cattle. You can drive them work them a foot you can do any of that mm -hmm. but up at Patsy's was a different story and it's been a lot of work 
you know, and calling and disciplining. The, he discipline. His method of disciplining is like disciplining a kid. A kid. You know, make them do what you want them to do. Yeah. Don't let them get away and, with it. And we've called a lot, but we had a really good bull up there. But he was a really mean <laughs> bull up there. And he, we bought, went down and bought a bunch of bulls from Walter Fethau on the, what's the name of that ranch? The ten, uh, Ivy Bar. Ivy Bar. Ivy Bar. Really good now. Hereford bulls. But Nick said, Louis Martinez was with us and Patsy and he said, Louie, don't buy that bull. Don't buy that bull. Because you could see he was mean. But they bought it, that bull. <laughs> and Patsy, it took Bats, Patsy because she grew up at a time when they sold cattle by the head. And she thought that her wealth was in lots of cows. Yeah. It took Numbers. her a long time to get over that. And realize that wasn't where your, your, your wealth was. It was in how many pounds of beef you could produce. Pounds per acre. Cattle being in better condition and better... You know, she just, it took a long time to get her convinced, and she just kind of turned it over to us and let us start culling the herd and treating them different. Mm -hmm. But that old bull, I mean, he was, he yeah, he was come beautiful. Hunt you up. He was a good bull. He was beautiful. He produced lots of calves, but his calves, his heifer calves, are mean like him. <laughs> and I can remember several incidents with him when we were trying to corral him, and he would just come and get you, boy. And he was big and scary. Well, one time we were working at Queen Mine, all of us, all the family were. Anyway, um, and he, this bull, you could trap him any day of the week, like the other cows. You could shut the gate, he'd wait, and you open it, he'd walk in. It was when you got him in there and tried to do something with him that it was... Well, we were working on the fence, and that bull, I think he had finally gotten Patsy convinced to get that bull and get rid of him. Well, he stood there outside the gate, opened up the gate, he came in and got a drink of water. So we shut, shut that bull up, put him in the little pen, the crowding pen up to the loading chute. You couldn't load that bull to save your life. We threw ten tons of rocks. At, nobody dare get in the corral with him. <laughs> Ten tons of rocks at him. Shot him, shot with, a him BB with a BB gun. <laughs> threw water on him. Everything in the world to get that that bull loaded. We backed the truck up to the chute with a cow tied inside and the gate open and went home to lunch. Hoping he'd get up there with a cow. No way. He finally had to drag him in with the truck. But he was mean and he never got out of that truck. He got loaded Gosh. into the trailer and, and away he went to town. So... We don't like mean cattle. Yeah. Well, it's been a long, hard process, but we've got them, got good cattle now. There's a few that are, but they're not mean. Well, I think I've asked all of the questions that I can think of, but if there's anything else you guys want to share, I'm more than happy to keep going. We kind of wandered around. Maybe you can put something together, I doubt it. <laughs> That concludes part two of my interview with Walt and Francie Meyer. Thanks for listening. See you next time.